Shalom, and welcome to In the Beginning. My name is Shmuel Bowman, and I am a Torah scribe. The Ten Commandments. I don't know about you, but I always had this image of uh, Moses uh, as Charlton Heston, right? Starred in the in that great classic by Cecil B. DeMille, The Ten Commandments. And in my mind's eye, and this, I guess this is the power of, of media, right? This is the power of, of images, right? That it kind of put into my mind from the time I was a kid that Moses was Charlton Heston and Charlton Heston was Moses. And, and so I had this image of this, you know, this, um, this tall, muscular, you know, handsome, um, you know, guy. And he's, he's, uh, he's the, you know, with a deep voice and everything and very, very dramatic, obviously. And I love that movie, the Ten Commandments. I mean, I think it was, it was, it was done so many years ago and it still endures as a classic and it is a classic, but wow, it's amazing what a trap I have fallen into by uh, associating Moshe, right? Moses as, uh, as this Charlton Heston character. And I don't know if that's an image that comes across your mind. Also, there's been artwork. Uh, you know, you take a look at some of the classical art, whether it's uh, Michelangelo, the sculpture of Moses. You know, you've seen the, you know, he's got horns coming out of his head, which don't ask that that led to generations of problems as far as the idea of, of people thinking that Jews had horns coming out of, out of his head. They, those were rays of light, carne or rays of light, not horns. She, anyways, and what else? We have we have uh, Rembrandt again, very powerful images of what Moses looked like, and and yeah, they could all be certainly really legitimate. But what if, what if Moses, what if Moshe, what if Moshe is a is a Rebbe? What if he's just you know, just this teacher, this sweet man, who. When I think of some of the teachers in my life, um, I think of people who had a gentle but passionate spirit, uh, people who um, were, you know, so dedicated in uh, in teaching God's word. What if what if Moshe is that image? What if he's not this Charlton Heston, but rather, I think of a, a school teacher, obviously a very wise school teacher, and in fact, in Hebrew. We call Moses, we call him Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, Moses, Rabbeinu, our teacher. So there it is in Hebrew, his name. So how did we, how did we get so far and, and attach a Hollywood persona to, to Moses? Moses, our teacher. And as such, that, that image, that idea of Moses as, you know, the Rebbe, the teacher, it helps me understand now three different ways that he is teaching the nation of Israel, and in fact, the world, God's word at Mount Sinai. And it's very interesting because within uh, a very short, a very few number of, of, of paragraphs, we have three different pedagogic tracks for teaching, three different philosophies, styles of teaching God's word. 
And when we look at it, it's, it's, it's so fascinating. The first thing, of course, is that we, is we, we talk about is the Ten Commandments, the actual Ten Commandments themselves. But let's take a closer look. Are they really uh, Ten Commandments uh, that, we, that we understand? Well, not exactly. If we look, for example, um, going to uh, Exodus um, chapter 20, verse 1, the very first time we even hear the idea of the Ten Commandments, well, let's look at the Hebrew. That in Hebrew translated means, then God uh, spoke at all the utterances, all of the, the things that, that God wanted to say, and he said them. So there's no reference at all to writing or engraving or carving or nothing. Everything is, is a story. Everything is in the telling. Everything is talking, right? Have you had that before? I know that, that sometimes uh, I learn best when I hear a story. Um, and I think that if I'm teaching, sometimes for me, the best way to teach is to tell a story, to tell a story. Uh, you know, I think about, you know, sitting around that campfire at night you know, when everyone is, is just focused on the flames and listening very intently to whatever words are being spoken. So that's, that's really what's going on the f- when, when Moses, when Moshe Rabbeinu is, is on Mount Sinai. He's actually hearing the word of God, and he is then conveying them to the, uh, to the nation of Israel below the mountain. So that's the first reference to what's going on at uh, in, in that incredible moment. The second reference is um, a few paragraphs uh, later on, actually a few chapters later on, and that's in Exodus 24, verse 4, and it says, Veichtav Moshe et divrei Adonai. Veichtav. Wow. That means, and Moses and Moshe wrote down the words of God. So we now have this, another method of teaching, and that's writing. Moses is our, in a sense, our first um, Torah scribe. He's our first Sofer Stam. And he's literally sitting down and he's, you know, he's got ink and he's got his quill and and he's got parchment. Hey, it sounds like the exact same materials that I use today when I'm writing um, sacred scrolls. And Moses is doing the exact same thing uh, 3,300 years ago. And there's this powerful idea that when you write something, you're actually adding something to the world, right? If you've ever seen this up close, you'll notice that on parchment, when you write with ink, and perhaps if any of you have ever written with fountain pens before, uh, you'll, you'll understand this, this idea. If you look really closely, the ink is actually raised, is actually higher than the parchment. Uh, yes, it, it goes into the paper or the parchment and it does get absorbed. But if you look really, really closely, there's actually a level of ink that's just sitting just above the parchment. And you could actually, if you needed to, you could scrape it off, which is a problem because that's why a mezuzah or tefillin or a Torah scroll sometimes needs checking in order to be repaired because the letters can crack. Why they get cracked? Because the ink is sitting above the parchment. So Moses is adding something to the world and he's writing something down. He's writing down the Torah and Torah literally means teach. That's what it means. Teachings, 
That's what Torah means. So here's the teacher writing down the teachers. That's the second, that's the second philosophy of, of, of teaching, of education. Let's look at the third one. The third one is Exodus chapter 24, verse 12. And this is the kind of the one that I think we're also familiar with. This is about the stone tablets and that they're actually being written upon by God. And it's interesting because if you look really closely, so does it say that God engraved into or scratched into or carved into the stone tablets? No. It says that God gave Moses these tablets which he wrote upon. Well, you can argue and you can say, well, if you're going to write on stone tablets, that means that you're really carving into them, right? Like a stone carving. However, I've also seen, you know, ink writing on stone. Okay, that's very, very common. I've done that uh, on several occasions where I'll write a person's Hebrew name on a piece of Jerusalem stone. It's beautiful. It's really amazing. And uh, so, hmm, I wonder if that's possible. And you know, when you go to the Israel Museum, uh, you can actually see uh, shards of pottery. And if you've been to Masada, okay, you'll learn about the fact that the lots that were that were um, drawn on Masada to figure out who was going to be the last man standing, those were written with ink on clay. So what's going on here? Well, we have enough evidence to show that it actually was engraved. Okay, we have um, we have very important rabbinical commentators over the centuries who have made it very clear that the the word of God was engraved on stone. We've got we've got evidence from Sefer Kuzari. We've got from Rabenu Bachya. We've got from Datskenim. We've got from the Tanya. We've got from Orchaim and others. And perhaps most, 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 most important is from the Talmud itself, from the oral tradition, from the from the oral law, the Talmud in Masechet Shabbat, which is very, very clear that the letters were actually engraved. So we have three different methods for for teaching. We have the uh, the storytelling, in other words, the actual telling of the law, the telling of the ten commandments or the ten utterances. We have the writing down of the Torah, which is again contributing and adding. You're not just adding ink onto parchment; you're adding um, this wealth of information and wisdom into the world. And then we have engraving. And what's engraving? Engraving into stone is removing that piece of stone that was there, making space, and in its place, scratching out a letter or engraving a shape. Okay, so you're replacing that uh, material that's on the stone and you're cutting into it. And as a result, you're creating words. So in a sense, you're 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 carving into something. You are becoming... Um, in a sense, part of the material. I think that those are three really important ways for teaching. Sometimes I need something to be literally engraved into me, okay? Literally to be part of me on the inside, all the way through to my heart. Sometimes I need to just go through the act of reading something that's that's on print, that's on paper. I need to look at the the words themselves. You know, when I when I start my 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 prayers, I'll tell you a little secret. When I start my prayers in the morning, my tefillot in the morning, so the very first page of a Hebrew siddur, of a Hebrew prayer book, actually has 
the Hebrew letters of the Hebrew alphabet. That's the first page. And I actually take a moment and just meditate on those letters. Um, they're very meaningful to me. They're very powerful to me. And they actually, in a sense, set the tone for, for, um, for, for praying uh, for the rest of that morning service. So sometimes I need to look at those Hebrew letters. And for those who are writing Hebrew letters, if you're a Torah scribe, wow, it's really, really incredible. It's, it's, uh, you really feel that, how should I put this? You're creating something new. Uh, yes, you're copying over um, what has been taught and what has been given from generation to generation, but you're actually contributing and creating something new and putting it out there in the world. And uh, there's a certain, I would almost say, almost a certain therapy, a certain meditation to writing. It's very interesting that Leah and I were um, were just at Qumran uh, a couple days ago, and it was so interesting to see um, what was going on there 2,000 years ago with the Essenes, who were an offshoot of uh, Judaism, uh, did not survive. And uh, they did some really interesting things. They're, of course, known for the Dead Sea Scrolls. They have there an entire room uh, for Torah scribes. And and the Torah scribes 2,000 years ago would be there, and they would just be writing uh, sections of the Torah, different writings, their own writings, their own laws, okay? And you almost have this feeling that you go in there and just, you could hear the scritch scratch of the, uh, of the quill, of the feather quill on the, on the parchment. And you can imagine a quiet, and you can imagine just what was going on in that room. I certainly felt a certain power and energy and at the same time a calm. So that's also a form of teaching. And, and, and the third form of teaching, going back to the first one, is telling the story. Never discount listening to words that come across either around the campfire or in a classroom or on a podcast um, or uh, on a telephone call. Sometimes those words are, are the words that we need to hear and, and perhaps even penetrate into our hearts more than... Um, more than writing and more than engraving. Each of us has our own way of learning and our own way of teaching. And uh, I think it's so awesome that here we are in, this, in these packed few chapters in the book of Exodus that teach us and show us that there are different ways to, re to receive the word of God. Please join me every week for new ideas and uh, let's share these secrets together. Shalom. I'm Shmuel Bowman. Looking for a special gift for a wedding, birthday, bar or bat mitzvah, anniversary, corporate, wellness or condolence? Shmuel will create a Hebrew name on parchment in the traditional Torah scribal form. The parchment is framed by an original design paper cut depicting the unforgettable Jerusalem skyline. The paper cut is available in three beautiful colors, midnight blue, burgundy wine, and desert beige. Please visit our website, www.sacredscrolls.net.